The Universal Converter, The Queen, My Father-in-Law, and much more. This is episode 744 of The Next Step, September 8th, 2022. Hi, this is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries welcoming you to a 15th season of The Next Step Podcast with Father Vazgan. With these podcasts, Father Vazgan provides a very distinct and consistent voice for Armenian orthodoxy. It is the means for providing people an intelligent and practical answer to life's difficulties based on the solid principles of love, faith, and hope as expressed by our Lord, Jesus Christ. We produce these shows every week for a vast audience, which includes those who are searching for practical and deeper applications of faith, the disenfranchised members of the church community, and, of course, the neophyte. So we invite you to sit back, turn up the volume, and get ready to take the next step. 70 years. Not an incredible amount of time, but still pretty decent. Seven decades. 70 years. And just a few minutes ago, I read on the internet that Queen Elizabeth II had passed away. I'm getting ready for today's podcast and just uh, I, I looked it up. I was looking at different things and then it just came up right on the internet. I, as I was looking for some other things, came up Queen Elizabeth II had passed away after 70 years as the, 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 the British monarch, the longest reigning British monarch in history. And that in itself, like it's kind of like a a slap in your face like wake up man like life is going by and what has happened in those 70 years i mean when you think about it she has witnessed her life has she has gone through so much in those 70 years i mean we were just talking the other day with my wife that you know we didn't get our first color tv until 1989 i know color tvs were around but it wasn't that exciting it wasn't that accessible either you know when we first got married we were watching this small little 12 inch black and white it was enough for us it was fine and you think about it yeah color tv came around like in the 1960s she was queen since the early 1950s in fact it says when winston churchill when winston churchill was around and it got me to think about all the presidents of the United States that I've lived through. And, and and she was the queen of England during those administrations. Here in this country, every four years we have election. And so I was born during the Eisenhower administration. That's when she became queen. And if you, if you go through it, I mean, let me see if I could even do it, right? If I could even mention all the, the presidents. Eisenhower was the 34th and we're, I think, at... 46 right now so that's about 12 presidents that uh, that 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 have um that she shadowed okay through, from england okay let me let me see if i could do it okay it's be eisenhower kennedy johnson nixon ford carter reagan the first bush bush one uh bill clinton bush two uh, Obama, and then Trump, and now we're at Biden, and all of these presidents, all during the the term, or is that the right expression, uh, during the reign of uh, Queen Elizabeth II. But here's the thing that really got me, 
I mean, this is like just an hour ago as I'm reading this, okay? I wanted to do some real quick background check. Namely, I wanted to find out how many years. So I just um, Googled it. And surprise, surprise, it already has updated things. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. There's hundreds if not thousands of people throughout the world who are updating the Internet. That's the power of the Internet. So you open up Wikipedia, you know, just to get some basic information. When was she born? She was born in 19, uh, 1926, I think it was, April 21st, right? But they've already put in September 8th. Now listen to this. This, uh, this is from Wall Street Journal just 14 minutes ago. Queen Elizabeth II, the longest reigning monarch in British history and a symbol of stability in an era of sweeping social and political change, has died at age 96. And already they are referring to Charles, the Prince Charles, as King Charles III. And so quickly I went to Wikipedia to look up, as as I said, uh, Queen Elizabeth and right there. She is, she is uh, succeeded by King Charles III. Somebody's already updated everything, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, uh, we we at least me in my generation, we still marvel at how fast these things can change because we take our time. We have that luxury. We've had that luxury of taking our time. Uh, I work with a young lady who's been helping quite a bit on the on the electronic new ministry that we're doing epostle young in her 20s okay and it, it's very interesting to me because when we have our weekly meetings I'll come with a punch list of things that need to be done and those punch lists I find are now obsolete as I am talking, in fact, just the other day, I said you need to hire two people who will be doing these two tasks and everything. And no sooner had I said it, she has already texted it and received responses. Received responses. So that by the time I'm finished briefing my, my small little team over there, she's already ha- she already has candidates lined up to do the job that we need done. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, uh, what's the protocol in in previous times? We would make that punch list. We would do a to-do list. We'd put it out. We'd see, well, what kind of resources do we have? Who are those people? What are the human resources all around us? Whereas today, it's just instantaneous. As you are speaking, literally, as I am speaking, this is being (laughs) transferred throughout a a small base of people, the people that she knows, and she's gotten gotten assistance immediately. And I think about our, our time, our day, what are we living in? And if we are unable to keep up at that pace, what does that mean for us? Queen Elizabeth, 70 years she's been the monarch. She's lived 96 years. Look at all the things that have happened in those in those years. Things that, you know, we only dreamed about. Can you imagine when she was born, somebody saying, hey, there's going to be a day that we're going to be walking on the moon? 
Can you imagine that somebody was would say that, you know, all these calculations that people take days doing are going to be done in split seconds, that we're going to be we're going to be watching those movies. No, I'm not going to say speakies because there wasn't even speakies. They were silent movies when she was born. Silent movies. So can you imagine somebody would say, like, oh, we're going to be watching those movies. They're going to be coming in on a wire into your house. And there will be these flat panels and you'll be watching whatever movie you want. And somebody would say, well, why would I want to watch that? You know, I mean, I can't hear anything. And I mean, you all know that when the when the speakies first started, People didn't even know what to do with those movies. They just said, like, who was going to watch that? And here we are in 2021 where it's just being pumped right into your house. And not only pumped into your house, pumped into your phone, pumped in anywhere you are on this planet via satellites, too. And not only that, it's the choices that you have. I mean, not only one movie, not only a speaky, not only a silent movie, but thousands of choices from live broadcasts to classics to musicals to horror shows to different genres that you can't even imagine to or from around the world. International things. And did you catch that? I even let that word slip without catching it. I said via satellite. Well, who, what is that satellite? You know what? The only satellite that we had back in 1926 was this thing called the moon. That was the only thing that was a satellite of the earth. Now we've got like these little things that are just flying around and carrying information from one one spot on the earth on the planet to another spot and it's just going back and forth and back and forth and we are benefiting from these things and so when you really look at this big picture and i've talked about this several times and how much we have changed and when someone like a queen elizabeth passes away you really start uh, thinking about it you start connecting those dots you connect those dots and you say wow you know where was I when she was enthroned? Where was I when she was born? What has she seen? What has she looked at? And you know, I had this opportunity twice this week because my father-in-law passed away last Friday. He passed away um, at the age of 93. Not as old as Queen Elizabeth, but at the age of 93. And I want to share some thoughts about him right now because he was an exceptional man. Not only did he raise a beautiful family and I was worthy to be part of that family as a son-in-law, but he was a man who had dedicated his life to the Armenian church in a very unique manner, in educating the new generation. He was sometimes known as Mr. Sunday School. Between him and his wife, my mother-in-law, they educated generations since 1960. What is that? 60 years? 70 years? No, 60 years. <laughs> That's as old as, as Elizabeth, right? 70. I've got that 70 in my head. No, 60 years. 60 years in the Sunday school. You know, for a brief period of time, he was uh, his his work took him to... 
El Paso, Texas. And it was right around the time that I uh, met Susan, actually. So this is late 1970s. And one of the things that I learned that he was, when, when I got to learn more about life in El Paso, because you think like, well, who lives in El Paso? Like, who, what Armenians are there? And here was somebody who had dedicated his life to the church, to the Sunday school, and now he was in a place with his family with, with no Sunday school, with no Armenian church. What was he doing? And true to form, you know, he would go through the phone book looking for IAN last names, not only in El Paso, but from surrounding communities an hour, two hours away. This is like in Texas, in New Mexico. Those of you in the United States kind of know that, are familiar with the geography there. It's the Southwest, it's hot, it's desert, and you have, um, well, scarcity. There's a, like, for instance, the state of New Mexico itself is uh, I think the population is just about a million, you know. There's, in our city right here, Los Angeles, there's about three million just in the city. And in this beautiful state called New Mexico, you've got like a, a million population spread out over this huge, huge area. So you go and you drive for miles and miles without seeing people, without seeing um, civilization. And... There they were, a small young Armenian family there for a few years. And he would do that. He would go out and he'd round up anybody who was Armenian, call them together for once or twice a year to have a fellowship, to have a prayer together. They'd say the Lord's Prayer. They'd sing a Sharagan. Perhaps it was Surpastvads. And then maybe share a, a scriptural passage. And then more importantly, share of themselves with one another. To tell them, you know, we're here, hear who you are, what are you doing here, and get to know their neighbors. It was beautiful. It's what the early Christian church was all about. His name was Sam Sarkis Boranyan. And he was, of course, uh, the child of genocide survivors. That generation that really had nothing and created something. He had six children. And are you ready for the final count? <laughs> 18 grandchildren and 16 great-grandchildren. Think about it for a moment. Wow. And his devotion to family, to things family, to the church, were all based on his devotion and his faith to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the center of his life. We would assemble for family gatherings and always a prayer was said. Whether it was his children, great-grandchildren, they would stand at the dinner table. And when I say stand, it was because at some point you realize with so many people, so many grandchildren, great-grandchildren, there's just not enough seats there, okay? So we would stand to say the prayer and then it would definitely end up being buffet style no matter what, where we went, okay? You'd have to do buffet style. Everybody would then take their plates and then we'd find seats here and there. This was a tradition a tradition that we were all familiar with. A tradition which began with prayer. And because it began with prayer, we were conscious. 
conscious of that God presence. And so many times I would I would just look around and see the beauty, the beauty of family, the beauty of people coming together. And I think to myself, you know, isn't this what it's all about? You know, we don't we complicate it. It's probably where I've come up with this this idea that I, I've shared with you many, many times. Why do we complicate things? I'm going to be talking in a few minutes on the second half. I gave a lecture just a few days ago about plugging in to the Holy Spirit. Part two of today's um, podcast is going to be dedicated to plugging into the Holy Spirit and plug. What does that mean? So, uh, think about the the complexities that we place on religion, and then think about how simple we need to make it that it becomes accessible. That accessibility was what Jesus Christ was all about. And that's what we'll be talking about in just a moment. But today, I wanted to start off by remembering, truly, when, when we remember Queen Elizabeth, you, you think about something big. I want to start off by remembering my father-in-law, Sam Sarkis, Boranyan. When you look at his life, you say, here is somebody who did something big. Here is somebody who watched the world change, and in changing, he bent with it, he flowed with it, and he delivered his children to that spot. And in that spirit, it was that he gave up his spirit. Because I was thinking about it. You know, I mean, as a priest, 40 years I've been a priest, I've seen so many terrible, terrible deaths. And I've seen people who have who have been tortured by death. My father-in-law's death was a pleasant one. It's the blessed death. Oh, I know, I know. Don't don't start sending me letters. How dare you say death is blessed? No, it's it hurts because you miss the person. But you know what? There is a blessing when you realize that the body can't go forever. And you realize you have to relinquish and let it go back to God. You realize that, yes, death too is a part of life. It's the ultimate solution. It's the ultimate solution to everything. That with that, everything goes back to its equilibrium and it it finished. You say it is finished. That energy source is gone. It's finished. And by accepting that, you get to move on. You get to see that, yes, life continues in the children. Life continues with the people who have been touched by that beautiful life. And so in many ways, we looked at his life and his death as a true blessing in our lives. Yes, he will be missed. But the blessing is that he does live. He lives on with the commitment that we have, that he had in his faith in Jesus Christ. We know that. But also he lives on in our lives, in all of us that he touched. And so with that, may God rest his soul. I am very thankful that I had this opportunity to be in the family for the last 40 years and to know such a huge man. A man who in his humble, humble way was an example to all of us. May God rest his soul. We'll be back in a couple moments after the song of the day.
a little bit of time to reflect, to uh, absorb what was said. We'll be back with the second portion. We'll be talking about being plugged into the Holy Spirit. Here's what I selected for today. Enjoy. Magical Workshop soundtrack. That was a video that we used to watch when the kids were young. My father-in-law was an avid builder. He loved to do woodwork and would make all kinds of toys for the kids. So when this movie came out, this little video came out, Grandpa's Magical Toy Shop or something similar um, was the title. I can't remember. The Grandpa's Magical Toy Store or Toy Shop. Anyway, uh, our kids would love to watch it. And now our grandchildren are watching it and just love it. And that's uh, the song, Come Play With Me. So anyway, I will put a link on today's show notes to the video, to the song. I know it's on YouTube because that's where we're watching it. Of course, when it came out 30, 35 years ago, it was only available in these giant things which we'd call VHS tapes, but the spirit was the same. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed listening to it. Let's get back to our show. going to be talking about being plugged in. But before we do that, I'm going to share with you something personal, which I forgot to mention when I was talking about my father-in-law. 
Do you remember last week's podcast? What did I talk to you about? About posture class. You remember that? And I told you that I didn't appreciate being told that I went to posture school. I went to a posture class. Something that I had no knowledge of, couldn't understand. Anyway, you listen to last week's podcast, you'll hear what I was talking about. So the other night as we were going through all of the stuff from my father-in-law and um, getting ready for his service and the memorial, what we're going to be doing for that service, getting the stories and the pictures together, we go through some of his memorabilia, some of the things from his school days. And what do we find? Yes, there it was. He went to posture class too. 1942. Or 41, 1941, 42. I was in posture class in 1966, okay? 1942. So he preceded me by about 25 years, but he was in posture class. And I thought, I, I, I felt a kindred spirit. I felt like here was somebody who knew what I had been through. My only regret is that I didn't find out until he passed away. I mean, we could have at least talked about posture class. We could have discussed what was going on in posture class. Anyway, that was just a small little side note. I had to share it with you. Let's start the second let's start the second half of today's show once again, okay? <laughs> Okay, we are back with the second half of today's show. I want to talk about being plugged into the Spirit. I did a retreat just a few days ago out in Malibu. And no, 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 no. It is a beautiful place, Malibu. I did not get to enjoy it. We are going through an incredible heat wave, which also affected Southern California beaches. It was just miserably hot. But I did go out there. The Lady Society of our diocese had organized the retreat and asked me to speak about the topic being plugged into the Spirit, into the Holy Spirit, and to talk about our equipment. Ah, interesting. I think we can all think about being plugged in, but let's talk about what equipment do we have to be plugged in. So as I as I prepared for this, think about it for a moment. What are we talking about? We're talking about a metaphor. Metaphors are very important. I've discussed them with you several times. But on this occasion, let me share with you this particular metaphor. Metaphors are ways of explaining things that are very complicated. And one of the most common metaphors that is used in the church is one that Jesus uses when he talks, uh, John chapter 12, he talks about a grain of wheat must fall into the earth and die so that it can produce its harvest, so that by dying, it then produces its fruit. It gives its fruit. And it's a simple metaphor because it, it points to something that we can all understand. Well, even if we cannot understand, it pointed to something that the people in the agrarian society where Jesus was talking to, preaching to, would understand immediately. 
So sitting there talking to these people and saying, I am going to resurrect, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to resurrect. Look at his face, just as we would. Yeah, don't try to fool yourself that in the 21st century we understand that resurrection concept. And so Jesus brought it down to a very simple metaphor that the people would understand. And think about it for a moment. That accessibility is what Jesus was all about. Because up until that time, people thought you had to be in a special group of people. You had to be part of a chosen race. You had to be selected by God. And Jesus said, forget it. God is accessible to everybody. And you are accessible to God. We're all his children. He brought it down to very simple terms. That we are all his children. And that we can all look to God and say, our Father who art in heaven. We can all understand God as Father. Accessibility. And that accessibility was further demonstrated by the way he preached. He made it accessible. He didn't talk about very high philosophical ideas. He talked about a grain of wheat that you take. And if you can't imagine a grain of wheat, I'm sure we've all done some bit of gardening with vegetables, whether it's a tomato or a cucumber, you know, a small little seed you take and you put it into the earth and you water it. And soon before you know it, it kind of shoots shoots up and you see a small little green, uh, a green leaf on it or something. And that, of course picks up the energy from the sun and well I don't have to go through photosynthesis and how it all happens but if you were to look at that seed you would know that that seed died and all of a sudden it is now producing a plant and from that plant there will be produced fruit and Jesus uses this metaphor not only in this in John chapter 12 John chapter Uh, 15, right? He talks about, I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. You are the branches. And unless you are connected to me, you cannot bear fruit. And so he, again, brings this metaphor of, of growing, of the metaphor of the vine, of fruits, vegetables, things that people could understand. In this case, the vine which bears the grapes. And so you look at grapes, what a beautiful metaphor that is because they're luscious, they're succulent, they're just beautiful to look at, to taste, to smell. But at the end of the day, unless they are connected to the vine, they are dead. So as good as they look, they are dead. And the metaphor works Because you think about people that you know, perhaps yourself, with all the wealth and all the goodness that you have, you may look good, you may sound good, you may smell good, you may even be doing the good things, but at the end of the day, you are dead. Your spirit is dead. And you know what I'm talking about. People know what I'm talking about. There's, There's this true death that we're seeing all around us. People who have stuff and who have the energy to make the stuff, but at the end of the day, have no fulfillment in life. They are as good as dead. 
And I know I'm not just picking on people. I'm picking on all of us. Because we all fall into that category when we disconnect ourselves from Christ, from the true vine. And so Jesus is using this metaphor, the metaphor of the vine or the grape, uh, excuse me, the, the seed that has to die. He uses these elementary metaphors. And so too this Next metaphor is one that that people can understand. You have to be plugged into the Holy Spirit. And we all know what that plug is all about. It's that little that that little plug, I don't two-pronged or sometimes three-pronged item that you place into the wall. And what's in the wall? Well, there's electricity. Did you know that when electricity was invented, Thomas Edison. Do you know who was against the the um, invention of electricity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the church. The church was against the invention of electricity. Why? Because God is the author of light. He said, let there be light. And now Thomas Edison was throwing a switch and saying, let there be light. And there was light. And so he ran against some kind of conservative opposition to people who didn't want to see people harnessing that energy. And in fact, that that energy is the life force too, right? That's what we're talking about when we talk about the Holy Spirit. And so you've got uh, today a major discussion here in the United States about abortion, about abortion rights. And those abortion rights are all based on when does life begin? For some, they say life begins at conception, in which case all abortion is wrong. For others, birth, if, if you believe that birth is the defining moment of life, well then, any abortion should go. So long as that child is not born, say, I mean, even that, that, using that word, so long as that, that, that embryo is not fully developed, is not, is not born, then aborting it is okay. But obviously people don't see that because they know that it is living and there's... So they come up with these ideas of viable when life is viable. And that's the big debate. You know, when... If it's... If life is at conception, then you cannot even think about abortion. If life is at some point where it becomes viable, what is that point? What is that point when life happens and you know that's one of those things that people will debate we'll talk about we'll go back and forth with we'll quote scripture we'll quote learned men and we'll quote basic instincts and at the end of the day it doesn't get answered because it's one of those things that are connected to our faith life as well what is life where does it come from how is it established? Is it just the union of a man and a woman that creates the life? Is there something more? What about the spirit? What about the soul? Is the spirit different from the soul? Is the soul inside of a person, outside of a person? When does it come and become part of that that, that, that growing individual inside the mother's tummy? When does it become life? And this is the big question, right? And it all comes back to plugging in. When do we plug into the Holy Spirit? And so what I did is for my lecture, 
I, I quoted a few different passages about the Holy Spirit, but I also brought some articles of, well, for lack of a better word, audiovisual, okay? I brought some props. Props, that's the best way to say it. I brought plugs and showed them. You know, here in America, we have the two-pronged plug that are flat and they fit in. I brought plugs from, uh, well, from Armenia, those big round ones, 220 circuit, you know, you stick it in, two round ones, you know. I brought plugs from uh, the, from Europe, you know, they're kind of like slanted. And you, you know what I'm talking about. There's different styles of plugs and they plug into certain sockets and they don't fit into other sockets. And so there's differences of plugs, differences of connection, how you connect. Now, when you travel to different countries, what do you do? You take with you a converter. And just, you know, like if you're going, for instance, from America to Armenia, you take a converter that will change that style. And if it's different voltages, you need to compensate for that also with different kind of voltage converters as well. But I'm talking about the the style of that little head, that head that goes into the wall. You know, different different styles. So how do you make them all connect? You take with you a converter. Now, if you do a lot of traveling to different countries, then you would opt for something which is called the universal converter. And voila, I have one. I'll put a link on today's show notes. I got one several years ago when I think life took me to Argentina and Armenia and uh, to to Europe. And I said, you know what? And, and to Africa, I said, I need one of these universal converters. I'm going to put a link on today's show notes. Because what it is, what's what's cool about it is that you can select where you're at, what type of plug you have, and how that plug should connect to the wall socket. And I thought to myself, isn't this the truth with our faith as well? We all come in at different points, right? And we are all different in the talents that we have. I think a big mistake that we do is that we think that there we, we are all the same, and we're not. I mean, this is as clear as when Jesus used the, the parable of the talents, right? One person gets a thousand, one gets two thousand, one gets five thousand. What does that tell you? That, you know, there's, there's no equality. There's people who have, there's people who don't. There's different points in life that you come about understanding these things. That life is not equal, it definitely isn't fair. If you've lived any any type of life, you know that there's certain unfairness in life. But at the end of the day is how do you equalize this so that you can plug into these places? And that's the great equalizer, which is the great converter, the universal converter. In fact, I just came up with the name of today's show, right? Universal Converter. And now the question is, what is that converter? Well, you know, do I have to spell it out? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the universal converter that takes you in whatever form you are. Whether you're flathead two prongs or two rounded 
plugs, whether you're slanted, whatever the case may be, he takes you, he adapts you, and then connects you into that Holy Spirit. Connects you into the life force. Connects you into that energy source. Connects you to God. Jesus Christ. And his body here on earth to do that work is the church. And so now the church becomes that universal converter. And so you understand why I shared with you the idea of using metaphors. Because this is a metaphor. We don't understand. How do we all connect? Well, understand it in terms of a metaphor. Plugging into the Holy Spirit. And a simple metaphor of using plugs. Using the equipment that we have. We each come to life with our own set of rules and conditions and equipment. Some equipment is fine-tuned. Some equipment needs fine-tuning. At the end of the day, you can plug into God at your level. There is no need to compare it with anybody else because you are as unique as the fingerprint on your finger. You are that uniqueness that God has created with you with. What's important with, about that is not to, not to compare yourself with the people around you, but rather celebrate the uniqueness of who you are with the people around you. And say, if you can connect, I can connect. Because Jesus Christ has made me that connection. And if Christ has made that connection, what do you think we as the church need to be doing? Exactly what we're talking about. The church is the one that connects us, is the universal connector. Let me read to you from Luke chapter 4, as I've shared with you many, many times. The mission of our church is given to us by Jesus Christ when he pronounced his mission. In fact, so much so that every priest who is ordained in the Armenian Church receives this as a commission during the ordination. This scriptural passage is read at every ordination. So Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and all the eyes were fixed upon him. And then what does he say to these people who are looking at him, who are gazing at him? He says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, today the Lord is with you. He has come and now you have seen this fulfilled. And to me, when I read that, I say, what other mission do we have? What other mission do we have but to preach, to give recovery of sight, 
to help the brokenhearted, to heal. This is it. And the church is our connection now to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit which guides us, that gives us that life. This was a beautiful topic and I was very thankful that they asked me to speak about it. I would like to spend some time and really really polish this up a, a little bit and present it as a theme for Ormodoxy because I do feel like it, it, it in its it, as a metaphor if we could present it it is really one of the pillars of Ormodoxy and I hope I gave you a small little tidbit of what I'm thinking about and where we're going to go with it I'd love to hear from you all right piano players here we're getting ready to close it up here's Susie to make her announcement I'll be back in a couple moments okay Before getting back to the next step with Father Vazgen, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you. Thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach. The next step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming God's message of love, forgiveness, and compassion. We look forward to your comments and words of encouragement. Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. By pressing on the donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations, either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry as well as Facebook and Twitter. We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to the next step with Father Vazgen. Thank you, Susie, for that announcement. And thank you, all of you, for all of the wonderful, beautiful, beautiful comments, um, words of inspiration, and words of comfort that we've been receiving over these past few days over the passing of my father-in-law, both from myself, from my wife, Susan. Thank you very much for the kindness, for the thoughtfulness that you have shared with us. We appreciate it, and mostly we appreciate all of your prayers. We are getting ready to launch epostle.net. It will take place in a couple weeks on September 25th. I hope you're going to be joining us. It will be streamed on the Western Diocese YouTube channel. You'll have ample opportunities to catch it, to see what's going on, to see how the new apostle is going to be um, functioning. And so we're really excited. Meanwhile, go to epostle.net. That's apostolic evangelism with an E, epostle.net. And uh, you'll see the countdown page, and you'll be able to put in your email address so we can send you some stuff (laughs) to see how things are going. I have to tell you, it has really um, been a very difficult, difficult few weeks, especially considering over the last few weeks the number of funerals and uh, personal funerals, personal passings that we've had. And, of course, we're going to get ready and do a beautiful send-off for my father-in-law. So I need your prayers, and I need your patience, but we're going to get through it. God is with us, right? Anyway, uh, there's a lot of new stuff going on. We'd love to let you know about it. So do 
get on the epostle.net mailing list. That will become shortly the new mailing list for all things about In His Shoes as well. Epostle will become the voice of In His Shoes. So please, please connect. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Looking forward to sharing it with you. Meanwhile, I want to thank you for joining us today. If you want to drop me a line, you can do so at feedback at epostle.net. Love to hear from you. Love to hear your thoughts, your comments, anything you have to say. All good things if you have to say. And of course, you can find us on all your socials. Up until now, it's going to be uh, inhisshoes.org. And coming up in a couple weeks, we are going to be making the big giant transition to epostle.net. Okay, that does it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed producing it for you. On behalf of my producer, Susie, and myself, this is Father Boskin, inviting you to join us again next week when we will take the next step. Stand by for disclaimer. And now here's the fine print. The information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian Church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian Orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely, if ever, remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskullness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. Demandment and projection crew vpostle.net take full responsibility for changes you will experience. Not valid with any other offer. Apostle.net. Apostolic evangelism for an electronic and expanding universe. I forgot to ask you if uh, you're, you're seeing the same sky as we are. Uh, bye.